I'm Jonathan Hayes of the St. Louis Battlehawks, and this is the XFL Show. This is the future. This is not the past. The new XFL will kick off in 2020. What the XFL is cooking. It's still football, but it's professional football reimagined. This is our moment, our story to tell. This is history begun. This is the XFL! Welcome, football fans. This is the weekend of January 25th, 2020. This is the final fortnight on the road to kickoff, and this is the XFL Show. I'm Alan. I'm Jake. And I'm Bryant. Tough decisions are going to be made as each team's roster takes their final form before February 8th. This is episode 107. Who are the best 52? And we will find that out soon enough with only two weeks until kickoff. Literally, Jake, closer than we've ever been, and it's, like, scary close now. I I know. I mean, just the fact that you're saying two, it makes me a little, I don't want to say uneasy, a little apprehensive, I guess. You know, of course, I want to be there live watching the game, which we're going to be. What does that mean? Like, you don't feel ready? Are you not ready? (laughs) No, there's there's good apprehensive. Didn't you ever watch Full House? Are you ready? You know, the big talk Uncle Jesse got. It's good nerves also. As long as we're not getting advice from Aunt Becky Bryant, we are coming off of a Houston trip for the ages, the training camp, you and I. I am cozy at home, but you're still like traveling for, I don't know, real life or whatever. I don't know what you got going on, but I'm back in my chair feeling good and I've got a glow coming from training camp. It was a outstanding uh, four and a half days out in Houston. Uh, so much I could, uh, was taken from from that time. I enjoyed myself, Alan. I know you did. Maybe a little too much some of those nights, but it was a good time nonetheless. And to see all the teams in action, to see the players, to see what's going on, the amount how do, how am I going to put this in, in a polite way? The amount of capital being spent over that weekend was insane to get this thing right, and that's what I love so much. I, I think that's the biggest thing I could take from our trip down to Houston. Yeah, I th- well, we're gonna get to the biggest thing I we we took, but that is definitely on the on, that's definitely on the list. It is not cheap to put a football league together. <laughs> you notice that when you see the the grand events of training camp, just all the people that are just working constantly, doing crazy things, just running around these fields. You know, media people. You've got football ops people. You've got the players, the coaches, trainers. It was insane. And uh, we're going to break down some of the scrimmages that Bryant and I didn't get to talk about or see, but we saw some stuff online come out about them, the the highlights and whatnot, and also moves made around the league and just the news in general from this weekend. It is a relaxed fit, or a, a, an easy episode, Jake, when there's no good crisp interview this week, because really, I, I want to hear a lot of what you have to say as a out, someone who wasn't. Uh, in Houston, an outsider, uh, as it were, for, you know, from the, the chaos, observing it from a distance as a fan. And I want to know what your thoughts are on the league with two weeks left. So we're going to get into all that. We are, of course, at XFL Show 
on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find the show each and every single week on any podcast app. Subscribe, leave a review on Apple for sure, or just check us out at XFL.com. And we encourage you to always leave us voicemails, call in, and who knows, maybe one day we'll play you on the show, 724-565-4XFL. That phone number is the XFL fan line. That's 724-565-4XFL. And yes, it is a new schedule. This is a Thursday evening that this show is being recorded and released. Tuesday mornings, Thursday nights, that is the new schedule. Two shows a week. Plus, we've been yes. saying we're going to have some bonus mini-sodes coming out as well. Look out for those, so just keep your eyes on the feed. Make sure those alerts, those notifications are on so you know when new episodes come out. So this is our first Thursday evening release, I believe, and uh, this is going to be a good one because we are just a few days away from 52-man rosters being announced officially at noon Eastern on Monday, January 27th, Brian. It's going to be a big day that everybody's been waiting for. 52 men. Uh, those rosters are around 70 when training camp ended, so there's going to be quite a few names being uh, cut off these teams. We've seen a lot of movement since training camp has ended already, uh, but that day is you, we're finally get, going to get to see the, the the roster of men that we're going to see play every single week here in the XFL. Yep, and uh, also, uh, Brian, I think Vince would say we're if he were here uh, – Team Nine's also going to take shape as well shortly after that, so that's that's something to keep an eye out for. Uh, Jake, w- the the big announcement of the actual final form of these rosters is coming on Monday. Now I know you're all about timing. Are you ready for this? Is this a good time of day? Is this a good day to do it? Are you prepared to know who the official first fifty two men on each roster are? Yeah, I think I am. It's really now or never. Like you said, two weeks to go closer than ever we're going to be even closer then than we are right now whenever you're speaking uh, we're speaking to you so yeah it, it is time to uh, finally cut them down but you still got tra- you know transactions going up to the minute i would think just from what we saw this week oh man and, and some of them have our heads spinning the luis perez trade we talked about bryant jake what, when you saw that what did you think luis perez traded from the la wildcats uh, i was very surprised and to be honest with you, I wasn't sure if that was going to be an option. I wasn't sure if the assigned quarterbacks were uh, even going to be allowed to move away from the team that they were assigned to. Well, that's the thing, Jake. I mean, yes, these quarterbacks were assigned, but anything could happen. The XFL is giving these teams the flexibility to do what they need to make sure that they have the roster in place that they want going into the season. So, yeah, there was some structure with these assigned quarterbacks, and maybe there was some, you know, backlash as to why are these quarterbacks being assigned and not actually like to me. I wanted them drafted, but regardless, the XFL is allowing these teams to to mold uh, their teams themselves. Allowing them, they're their teams. Hey, you want you want to do what you will with your roster if you're in charge of it, if you're the general manager, head coach. So that's what you got to do. You got to form form a roster that you think is going to give you the best chance to win and compete, and that's what coaches are doing as we speak. And it's going to be very tough because that is a lot of guys to cut over the next few days. And uh, I'm sure, uh, you know, players are sitting on pins and needles because we met a lot of them down there in Houston, Bryant, and these guys are just – they just want to play ball. And it was a competitive atmosphere, and uh, we've got our eyes glued on any news that maybe comes out early, but we are waiting for that big announcement, the official announcement, noon Eastern – on Monday with the 52-man rosters. And we've also seen some other things go down. Uh, 
kicker situation. Garrett Hartley, who's a uh, pretty good Saints kicker uh, in his day, uh, tweeted out, here we go, XFL. He was one of the kickers trying out. Uh, and, you know, the, at the session where Chad Ochocinco, unfortunately, no-showed, but Garrett Hartley is a, a kicker of note. He tweets out, here we go, XFL. Could maybe one of those spots open up for him? We know that DC was looking for a kicker. They did not sign PFT commenter from part of my take oh, at the at Barstool. Unfortunately, the one bar wonder will not be kicking in the XFL, but I think that might be for the best for DC if they could land a, a solid kicker like Garrett Hartley or someone else with maybe a little bit higher level of experience than PFT commenter. Uh, that, that'll do Pep Hamilton's team pretty good. But I was most shocked that our friend of the show, Damian Mama, got traded for the Wildcats, Brian. He's now a New York Guardian. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that kind of got caught me by surprise, just as the Luis Perez trade did as well. It's Coach Moss is is doing something to make his team just right. We we were there at the practice; they're all having fun. Damian Mama was one of them, and something in uh, Coach Moss said that he needed uh, the guard from DC, Cahill McKenzie. So that's what he did. I just flabbergasted to see that move happen uh, late. I want to say it was late Monday night. Tuesday night? Well, I want to say that the the majority of Brian, I don't know what's up with you, but the majority of the Wildcats who have been on the show have now been traded by Coach Moss. Everyone don't say except that. Josh Johnson. <laughs> so you, you, I don't know if you're jinxing those guys. They might, you hey, you interviewed them too. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I was the one who talked to Damian. Oh, and you know, Patrick, Patrick Vahe is still on the team too. All right. Maybe I'm looking too far into it. You're just, I'm just, Wildcats players, your jobs are safe with the team you could still come on the show don't it's coach moss is going to do what he wants to do it's his roster and <laughs> do you think also, someone's telling coach moss that hey what? this guy was on the xfl show and then coach moss is like hell no and he cuts him <laughs> get rid of him like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. Um, safety shamarco thomas jake he uh, goes to dc from new york he's a former pittsburgh Steeler. you may be familiar with another guy who uh you know noticed running out there there's a speed level in this league that that's what I noticed down in Houston. We'll talk about a little bit later, but another one of the moves made Brian mentioned Khalil McKenzie going to LA. So he's the guard that replaced Damian mama who was playing center there. So moves being made. And I don't know how many more will be made before Monday, Jake. What do you, do you expect as much movement over the next few days as we saw, you know, over the past week and a half down in Houston, now that teams are back at their home offices. Well, I did not expect that much movement in the past week and a half, so I, I guess so. You know, I, I guess there's still going to be more that's going to be happening uh, in I, a in a couple of days before Monday. It wouldn't surprise me since what we've seen. I think I'm going to lean towards it might slow down here. But you think this is I, about it? I think. Well, on social media, some people pointed this out that all the teams were down in Houston, so making moves was kind of easier to do. You know, just in terms of just logistics down there. You know, a player got traded while they were all in Houston. They didn't have to go very far to go join their new team. Um, logistically, it made more sense. But we'll see. You know, th there's plenty of time left with two weeks remaining. Players can change teams. Plenty of time and left with two weeks. What kind of sentence is that? That's plenty of time to tweak your roster. <laughs> it's think, longer than one week. <laughs> especially with all the data, especially with all the data you have from a training camp, too. But, I mean, but Alan, do you not understand? Uh, Jake, tell him. Yes, we we are closer than ever. See, we're closer than ever to kickoff, and you can't be making that many moves two weeks in. I mean, two weeks left. There's not that much time. We really not that much. I, 
I mean, if you if you are one of these head coach general managers and you saw something you liked out of a player, you know, at one of the scrimmages, for instance, and you want to get him and you can, you got to make that move. That's all I'm saying. That's what it's all about. Carving out that roster the way you like it, just right. It's exciting to see the front office aspect coming out of training camp to me. I really enjoy that. Also, some of you really enjoy gambling. And a little bit of news came out this week that New Jersey approved betting on the XFL. Adding to the list of states that will have XFL-related uh, games at casinos and, and, sport, and sports uh, books. It's exciting. And joining Pennsylvania, Indiana, Rhode Island, Nevada, and Iowa, all, all able to bet on the XFL in those states. And uh, according to the league, more states to come. That's only good news, Brian. And uh, I know that, you know, I have I have some, you know, family members who are degenerate gamblers. Well, not degenerate, but they like to, <laughs> oh, to play a little. Asking me about it, try, trying to explain the rules to who them are so they? they know how to make their bets. <laughs> Who, oh, who specifically know, are these? You'll find out who they you know, are. Uncles, cousins, you know. You don't want to give names out before the, the the wedding gifts start coming in? I need a really good humidifier. It's dry in Pittsburgh <laughs> in the winter. But, yeah, the, the gambling is going to be on the table in these in these states. That's awesome, especially a state like New Jersey where there's an actual XFL team. It, it really is. And for the visibility of the league, we've always talked about this in previous episodes. You can go look, you can go listen to in our archives here at uh, this is the XFL show.com. But we've talked about, you know, the importance of gambling in the terms of visibility for the league and how the exposure will be there. A lot of people, a lot of eyes will be on the XFL. Um, and you got to remember that the XFL went to Las Vegas. The, the Wildcats were placed in minicamp in Vegas for this very reason. So the XFL is in full support of this and wants, uh, proper gambling uh, to be done within the league and in all these states. And that, and that's just good for everybody. It's good for business. It's also good for the integrity of the game and excited to see what other states open it up for some XFL games. Also got our eye on fantasy, waiting to hear more details on anybody who will be doing stuff like that. We did see the DraftKings said they'll be having it. fan duels rumor too. So Got our eyeballs out, and I know a lot of fans ask us, and we're just kind of sitting back waiting just like you on details on how XFL Fantasy might work with uh, some of those entities. But uh, stay tuned. Just keep it keep it posted. Social media is going to be going crazy over the next two weeks with different things coming out from the league as d- different, different things get hammered out and ironed out with two weeks. Jake, this is kind of the, the finishing touches on this ro- road we've paved to kick off and we'll talk a whole lot about the rest of the road we have in front of us even though it's not a lot and that's coming up but what about this news kenny robinson who's kenny robinson kenny robinson is the safety for the battle hawks and he's one of the players with the most buzz in this league because well he's basically coming straight out of college into the xfl as a pretty highly touted prospect who because of issues at WVU and whatnot, just then it finishes career there and was able to come to the XFL and is eligible to go to the NFL. And he declared this week on Twitter, he has entered the NFL draft pool, which is awesome. He said, extremely blessed and excited to announce I have been accepted into the 2020 NFL draft pool. One step closer to fulfilling my dreams. 
That is great. And even better than that, Jake, is not only is this young man going to be able to live out his dreams and get drafted to the NFL probably in April, but he is under contract in the XFL, and he will play this season for the St. Louis Battlehawks. Yeah, so I and Bryant and I were talking a little bit before we went on air. I, I guess the strategy is, uh, you know, you in, you get more eyeballs on you. You try to improve where you're going to be drafted and hopefully not get injured. When, uh, for your time on the Battlehawks. Well, I think you exactly. say that, but it's it's the, it's the, I think that's the same way uh, for any player, right? Why they play their junior years or their senior years in the NCAA's, right? Is to improve your do- draft stock, get more eyeballs on yourself, and hope you don't get hurt. And Kenny Robinson's uh, choices were limited based on his academic issues, and he decided to go to the XFL rather than go into an NCAA team where he probably would have had to play pay for school himself. So. Uh, I, I think people might say, why is he doing this? And I understand why, because every college player who enters the NFL draft does it too. And the cool thing is that he could go up there on some draft boards. According to Director of Player Personnel Eric Galco for the XFL, friend of the show, he said Kenny on Twitter, Kenny Robinson's not going to have to wait long on draft weekend probably. And it's super exciting. And uh, good luck to also Eric Galco, who's been down at the Senior Bowl doing a lot of scouting, I'm sure having a blast uh, looking at the future of the XFL in terms of players uh, coming out of college this year. But the Kenny Robinson story, I think, is just tremendous. It is unique. Who knows how many more stories we'll see like that. And it is, I mean, selfishly, hopefully, going to be one that creates some buzz for the league and gets people interested and, and inspires other players maybe in a similar situation to pursue the XFL. Good luck to him throughout the season with the Battle Hawks. Their defense looked tremendous from what we saw, Bryant. Um, well, they were, um, in a tall. word, very tall. Yes, <laughs> tall. <laughs> tall defensive. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Holy uh, crap. That, not that as like tall as that uh, tight end for Dallas, though. Dallas has like an as eight foot nine tight end. Tight end. <laughs> yes. Parm, they aim for the but, top. Of, I'm not even joking with you, Jake. This is this is how they score touchdowns. They the quarterback aims for the top of the goalpost, like where the flag is up at the very top, and then their tight end still catches it. It's pretty intense. Just go get it. Yeah. Well, but I the, mean, the if, thing, if it's a viable solution. <laughs> but the good thing is the Battle Hawks have players that could actually cover him, so it'll be fun to see them go at it. Uh, St. Louis and Dallas. Uh, last bit of uh, uh, mini news here, uh, Bryant, which isn't so many for you because this is going to be your party this weekend. Block party for the Wildcats weekend at Dignity Health Sports Park at 2 p.m. on Saturday. It's a block party, baby, and I'm going to have a lot of fun. Yes, it's at Dignity Health Sports Park. Uh, free parking. There's going to be uh, food trucks everywhere. Uh, the the team, the coaches will be there. Norm Chow. Uh, Coach Moss, the, the t- uh, friend of the show, she said best friend. You heard her this weekend, Alan. She said, oh, look, it's my best friend, Bryant. You heard her. Mm-hmm. Admit it, right? Confirmed? Confirmed. Thank you uh, very best much. Best friend confirmed. Yes. People friend, say a lot confirmed. of things. That's very true, too. Uh, but it's going to be a blast. I'm going to have a, a great time. You're going to see me there. I'll be walking around with the microphone, so if anybody wants to chit-chat, talk to me about the upcoming season, I'll be more than happy to to have you and, and get some coverage for our, our next week's show for sure. But it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's an open Block party to the fans. Anybody's welcome. Like I said, it's free parking. It's from 2 to 5. And, yeah, the weather looks nice in California, too, so I'm excited to be there. 
Yeah, we'll definitely be playing some of that natural sound you get from the Wildcats fans showing up to the block party. And other teams will be having events as well leading up to kickoff. So if you're if you're a fan in St. Louis, Dallas, Houston, or any of the other XFL cities, make sure you're following your squad on social media and uh, you're knowing where, where these kind of events are going to happen because there's going to be many more where that came from. These are free to the public a lot of the time, and it's really exciting. I mean, Bryant has gone to these things as a fan and has developed relationships with people on the team. I, I've witnessed it firsthand. He gets hugs from Wildcat staff. They've It's it's awesome, and that, and they do that with other fans as well. I mean, it's all over the league. I saw the love that, that fans were getting at, in, in Houston at training camp. It's tremendous, and it's only going to, I think, explode yeah. throughout the season whenever, you know, the games are real and, and there's going to be even more fans around the teams. I, th- I think it's it's something that we've talked about is that the opportunity that the XL is presenting fans – You know, Alan, you said it all weekend. We're poster boys for what the XFL is doing for fans and allowing them this much access. I mean, we were playing uh, tickle butt on the football field at at TDCU Stadium, really, if you think about it, as fans. And then that's things that the XFL is allowing you to do. These block parties are awesome. Imagine going to the first ever block party of the Green Bay Packers or, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers (laughs) in in your case, uh, Jake. So those things are what the XFL is allowing you to do now that we've never seen before in professional sports, not just football. Yeah, I, I prefer poster men, but uh, yeah, I, I don't want to <laughs> And uh, you know what? I, I want to go back before we move on because I, I was thinking of something. You both participate in uh, fantasy football, and, and I believe a little bit of gambling also. If the XFL could only, you know, for the first season, if they could only have one, which one would be more valuable to them? Fantasy or gambling? Sports, Sports betting? I th- betting. I th- I think betting uh, with with eight teams and it being really relevant now all across the country and in, in a lot of states, a lot of big states, probably sports betting. Fantasy is uh, a harder nut to crack uh, than sports betting, so I'd go with sports betting with that question, Jake. Okay. But sure. I, prefer, I prefer personally to play some fantasy, which I'm looking to do. And uh, we'll see what, what comes up over the next few weeks. I'm sure that'll get hashed out by some folks. I know fans are already starting their own you know, DIY leagues I've seen on Reddit, which is right. really cool. Pencil yeah, and paper. You to. can always do it that yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I might have to. I might, might have to do it right here on the show. We shall see. Uh, but that that is uh, kind of some of the just the, the dinking and dunking across the league with some tidbits there of news. But uh, let's get into some of the more filling and bigger topics of the week here. Starting off with, uh, well, the the season ticket leaderboard, it's it's really one team on top, according to NBC Sports. We got to show them some love now as we kick off this week's cover two. We've already got eight season ticket holders. Did you know that? We're going to have eight people I know of in the stands. It's going to be awesome. CenturyLink is going to fill right up that's jim zorn he wasn't lying from not lying from his introductory press conference jim zorn was a great mobile quarterback he's a hell of a coach and apparently he is also a fortune teller because according to nbc sports nbc sports the seattle dragons are leading the league and doing pretty well with season tickets and ticket sales overall uh, yeah, what's the I number they gave out? Was... Twenty thousand. Sorry, Jake. Twenty thousand, right? Is what they expect for the home opener. 
According to that, yeah, NBC Sports article, uh, Bryant, yeah, 20000 for the opener at CenturyLink. Not too yeah. shabby. And I believe, you know, many weeks and months ago, we were thinking that Seattle was going to have a very good turnout. Uh, you know, I think that's one of the markets that, that we pinned on it. And, and it seems like, at least from the numbers that you're telling us right now, that they're going to, uh, they're going to show up. Yeah, this, this yeah. Uh, Joe Fan on NBCSports.com put this out, and uh, you know Seattle is really digging their heels in in terms of you know getting the community interested and capitalizing on maybe the the end of the season for the Seahawks, leaving a sour taste in people's mouths who still want who crave football up in the Northwest, and that's awesome. And also, we met Ryan Gustafson Bryant down in Houston, the president of the Seattle Dragons, and. That is a guy who is all about utilizing uh, the media and reaching out to to fans and giving fans access on social media and any by any means necessary, really. And it's easy to see, it's easy to see how uh, how the Seattle Dragons are are, are leading the league in, in terms of uh, interest. When it comes to season tickets and ticket sales overall. Yeah, and Ryan Gustafson was one of the first presidents to kind of voice himself on uh, social media and other networks to, to get it, get his voice, to get the fans into the stadium. Uh, I think he was one of the leaders in that. You've seen and we've heard of some things that the XFL uh, Seattle team, the Dragons, are going to do to get the community involved while we're down in Houston. So this doesn't surprise me. I think to Jake's point, we all kind of expected this, but it's nice to see that their their ticket sales are going much better or at least uh, better than what most people thought they would be at this point. And actually, I think if we, if one of the archives, uh, one of the shows back way back when maybe we saw this coming, I'm pretty sure we all had Seattle in terms of, you know, near the top of the league in terms of fan interest, just because we know how they support all their teams, no matter what sport it is, they're, they're in the Emerald City. So uh, congrats to the Seattle Dragons if that's the case. And we will see with our eyeballs when they do debut at home. But remember, they're not at home until week two, Saturday, February 15th. They make their home, home debut against Tampa Bay. Uh, which will be exciting. They do get to open the season up against the D.C. Defenders on the road in the very first XFL game. We will be there, Jake. I'm excited for that. I cannot wait for you to see the Dragons and the Defenders in action. I got a glimpse of it watching them scrimmage, and I think we're going to – we're gonna. if you like the long ball, I think we're going to get it in that first game. Oh, chicks dig the long ball. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's going to be lovely for everyone. Yes, it will. Uh, let's go now to, well, the end of training camp. We've got to kind of do some housekeeping, Bryant. Uh, you know, we left a, a, a day early before it officially ended. So there were two more scrimmages after you and I uh, skipped town. Uh, we did not get to see the Guardians and the Vipers go at it. And if you were on any XFL social media whatsoever uh, and saw the videos that came out from from TDECU Stadium uh, of the of this scrimmage, Holy, holy mackerel, the highlights from this thing. I mean, we saw a 76-yard bomb. We saw, I mean, a truck stick, honestly, a stiff arm that should not be happening in a scrimmage like that. But credit to Darius Victor, the running back for the Guardians, who just, I mean, absolutely owned one of the Tampa Bay Vipers defenders, Bryant. I don't know if you saw these highlights. They were spectacular, really, honestly. Beautiful. Oh, I I didn't see the highlight at first. I heard it 
while my phone was on silent, go figure that. And then I went back and I watched it. What a what? Yeah, you don't really see things like that happen in a scrimmage. I think the referees even blew him down at that point, but still <laughs> <Enough>. just uh, <laughs> uh, wow. And, and we're gonna see football like that. Uh, people think that we're only gonna see football for one more week. When in reality, we have uh, twelve more weeks of football after that to continue. Yeah, and honestly, I. I from the Colby Pearson play and some of the other uh, plays we saw through the air for the Guardians, just the highlights, Bryant, we were at their practice, and maybe maybe that says something about who they get to practice against because their DBs, we said, are really good, and they weren't really making any plays against them in practice, but then they went out there against Tampa Bay in this scrimmage, and they looked pretty good, Matt McGloin and his receiving core. They really did. They, they, they were forced to, I guess, in practice, right? We did talk about that last episode or I think the episode before that, that the uh, the Guardians are – or the corners are outstanding. And and Coach Gilbride was out, you know, telling you, hit this spot. I want you here. He, and when a quarterback would throw it short, he's like, that's picked off. That ain't going to work. I need it over here. He's training these quarterbacks to, to compete against the best uh, because I think they might be playing – practicing against the best every single day. Yeah, Jake, I have that practice to go off of, uh, which is pretty good intel. But really, these – these highlights alone might influence my preseason picks when we make them in a couple weeks. I don't know if that's if that's smart strategy, though. Uh, I don't think we have a couple weeks. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> pre-se- well it, it preseason picks, we'll be making those in what? In, in just in about two weeks, two weeks right? The, two weeks. The Thursday show before the first game. We get, yeah, two weeks from tonight, Jake. We get to make our pre-February predictions for the season. Oh, yeah, my fe- goodness. February well, 6th. I'll, Mark your calendars. We'll see what the simulation says. Simulation. <laughs> it's always up to that. I don't know what you're using. I'm not using any Are you still, Jake, are you still using that, X, that, that, that Google Sheets simulator yeah, I yes, put up that open source like three weeks ago? I, I, I've, I'm using it for many things in my life, to be honest. Not, not just football. <laughs> you know, plug in the data and, uh, you know, it, it's always correct, whether you like it or not. I mean, I know, I know the sciences are really in love with data, and I'm, I'm a fan of a little bit, or data, however you say that word. Uh, but my eyeballs saw a lot of stuff in Houston, Jake, and I have some interesting uh, predictions, I think, coming in a couple of weeks. Um, I didn't get to see, put my eyeballs, though, on the Wildcats and Roughneck scrimmage, Bryant. We did see them in a joint practice, but... From what we saw in the highlights and the the talk on social media and, you know, on the boards and and whatnot all over the Internet, this was a a faster paced, more physical type deal than what we got to see with the joint practice. And really, Jalen McClendon, the quarterback for the Wildcats, getting some opportunities, especially now that Luis Perez has been traded and looking pretty good. Yes, Alan, the the Wildcats, that's the one I wanted to see the most. I wanted to see Houston in, in the Wildcats scrimmage. We had to get out of town. Uh, but it seems like that team is is running on all cylinders and and the practice that we saw them at, we didn't really get to catch too much of their practice, but what we did see, we noticed that they're having a lot of fun. They're they're moving around like a unit and I'm glad we got to see a uh, little glimpses of it in highlights here on on social media. Yeah, and also in that game there was a pretty sweet uh, highlight of Connor Cook hitting Khalil Lewis for a 55-yarder, beauty, and uh, you know this—that's that offense, that Roughnecks offense. I don't care who's playing quarterback for them, Cook or Walker. I have a feeling 
They will be one of the better offenses in the league, and that's my eye test. That's June Jones, June Jones's offense. I've seen them in the past, and I saw it looked like a June Jones offense, and I can't wait to see when it's absolutely 100, 110 miles per hour out there and uh, they do take on the Wildcats. That Those are two very different styles in week one going up against each other. And uh, L.A. has their own receivers as well. One of them, not Rashad Ross, who's on D.C. <laughs> we saw him with them. And uh, apparently, you know, there's some rumors on the Internet, Jake, that Rashad Ross was traded from L.A., didn't take kindly to the trade, but happy he's in D.C. So all I'm saying is personal issues make for good TV. Yeah, it does. Going back to that uh, that stiff arms from scrimmage that you guys were talking about, a very <laughs> yeah. very physical one. Wonder if that's going to come back in week one because these are just rematches. Well, did, yeah, uh, Tampa can Bay's I quote? Got, got Darius Victor on their mind for sure. Can nightmares. I quote? I'm going to quote tweet uh, Rashad Ross here. Watching this LA versus Houston game with eyeballs emoji. Thanks you, thanks you, D, thank you DC for trading for me. I mean. Yeah, I don't know what happened or what was going personal on. Personal issues. Yeah, personal issues make for good TV. I will say that, Alan. I'll second that as well. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting because a lot of people did question that trade and why that happened. Now we're thinking, we're kind of understanding why that trade happened one for one. We've always talked about that. Uh, why wouldn't one receiver get traded for another? Uh, I, I think we're starting to see those reasons why. But this isn't going to be the first time we've seen, we've heard of, of arguments and, and so things are a little chippy out there. You got to remember these football players have. I would say some of them haven't played football in a year and a half, two years. So to get their hands on another team in a full-on game uh, is going to be great television. Oh, and oh man, I don't want to spoil some of the stuff I got lined up for for the hot read topics we got here scheduled, Jake. But Bryant kind of alluded to it there. The 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 fire in in these players. I mean, just. What do you think you're going to get when you got a lot of guys with something to prove out there? Just wait. Just wait. Uh, how about this, though? Coming out of camp shortly after. I mean, what? We're not even a day, barely a day removed from camp officially ending. That turf we were on, Bryant, playing, messing around with making internet videos on, you know, walking the kickoff and, and looking at the, the play clock and whatnot and do, having fun. Uh, that turf's gone. They ripped it up. They're replacing it. Yeah, we talked to Commissioner Oliver Luck about the process and the options that they had for that field turf, and really the only option was to tear it out and bring in a new one that's going to be specific for the Roughneck. So it's great to see that because it was interesting. When we got there on Saturday morning, Alan, that stadium was full-on Houston. By the time we left, the entire sideboards were all uh, Roughnecks, and then now the field is going to look great. Uh, We talked about uh, the aesthetics and how Vince McMahon cares about how product looks uh, more so than anything sometimes, and I think this is going to look really nice uh, for all eight teams, really. Well, it sounds like it was a productive weekend from from what I'm hearing based on I that. mean, for us, maybe. I think for the XFL, for sure. For us? I mean, for the show? For us, for us yeah, kind of. But for the league, definitely. Yeah. yeah I, I'm definitely. just saying, any anytime you got to rip up, uh, you know, you got to rip up the turf from a couple days and there weren't high school teams playing on it. Uh, that you know that that's a productive weekend. Yeah, well, you yeah, we know something about that in uh, Western PA, Jake. Oh, and that actually reminds me. Also, I'm gonna need to to get some of that. Uh, I don't know that concrete stuff you got me. I got an issue down in the garage with the floor. Big hole needs covered up. You got me. We'll have to talk later. 
All right, we'll get we'll get into that later. That's it's 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 not a sinkhole. I need I need to get home. (laughs) It's all good. Yeah, you've been on the the road way too long. I was on the road for four days, Brian. I got home. It's a wreck. I don't. I can only imagine what your house thirteen be like. Being oh my goodness. Oh man, I've been on the road for thirteen days. It's been a lot of long time. (laughs) Well, when you get home this weekend, you're gonna be able to. Lay around and anticipate a big, big Monday whenever those official rosters come out. And they're all going to be quarterbacked by I, – I, I basically take this as uh, players approved by the commissioner because the quote coming out from Oliver Luck at the end of training camp, pretty interesting, and, and I'd say uh, he was pleased. He said good quarterback play is absolutely critical, and it's from XFL.com uh, recapping the training camp's And Commissioner Luck said, no question about it. We recognize that a year ago when we started thinking deeply about signing players, we made a priority to identify and sign quarterbacks that were going to be as good as we could possibly get. And from what he saw and what I saw, Brian, what you saw, I'd say they got what they were looking for. Well, I think many of these quarterbacks, and to Oliver Luck's point, he he emphasized that we signed the best quarterbacks that we could get. Are they the best quarterbacks to play football? Obviously not, but the XFL did their research. They did their homework. Eric Galco, friend of the show, went through and, and did what he needed to do to get the best quarterbacks that were available and signed them early. And that's why Landry Jones was there. That's why um, Connor Cook and and even some of these backups. You know, we talk about Marquise Williams. Uh, that battle in in St. Louis is still going on. So there's a lot of things happening. Uh, in terms of the quarterback position, because the XFL identified that as an importance. Quarterback play uh, is what's going to make good, crisp football. And and Oliver Luck just seconded that with what he said this weekend. Good, crisp football. And you bring up St. Louis. I mean, they got four quarterbacks I would feel comfortable winning a football game with. I mean, I can't (laughs) wait to see what what Jonathan Hayes does there uh, with his quarterback situation. Oh, man, I can't wait. Tuesday's show is going to be off the hook because we're going to be able to really dive into depth charts yeah. and what we think each team should do with the 52-man rosters. Brian's going to be able I will to talk say, Team 9. <laughs> I will say it's nice of the league to finally schedule their big announcements around our new schedule, so I appreciate that, league. Yes, yeah, well, we are we are now collectively as one, so they got to take in, in, in account our, <laughs> our schedule, so the roster reveal – is Monday, new schedule, Tuesday mornings. So Thursday nights, I, just saying, big big, big league announcements around our schedule. I like it. It makes it easy on us. Um, yeah, camp is over. There it is, training camp. And now we get to really put a bow on it and really look ahead. We've got two weeks remaining on the road to kickoff. We've got a as Jake says, put all those boxes in order and make sure everything's there so we could check them off meticulously, efficiently, know what we are getting into. And now also, also, we have to come out of this training camp and go down this path, this two-week path to kickoff with, with new data and new information and really our takeaways, the biggest takeaway. And we're only talking the biggest takeaway from each of us from training camp in Houston in this week's hot read. All right, if you 
want to interact with us, you can interact with us at XFL Show about anything we've talked about so far. We're about to get into our biggest takeaways from training camp. We'd love to hear yours. So please do that at XFL Show. And, of course, the in-depth football conversation is always going on at footballadvisorynetwork.com. Okay, let's check in. Key things to focus on with two weeks of road remaining till kickoff, Jake. I mean, we've got roster cuts coming up. We've mentioned a bunch on this show. Possibly more trades. What else is on the the agenda with two weeks remaining? Can we just sit back, put our feet up, and just wait for oh, kickoff? Oh, no. No, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I, I mean, I think for the players, one of the things... And obviously, the league and the television partners are going to want this, but you want to make sure everybody understands these new rules. Uh, you know, different from how these guys have ever played before. Uh, you know, you don't want this looking like a JV game on on TV, or you don't want to have to do kickoffs. You know, you don't want to have too many flags on kickoffs or having to do these things over and over again because you're going to confuse the audience. Also. So I think it's just more uh, more reiteration, you know, from the coaching staff about what's different and what we got to get right. And and like I said, I, I'm sure the league, you know, they want to see things go smoothly. I don't have any concerns uh, with the broadcast partners with the presentation of this. Uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but they they were uh, they were shooting this like it was live television yep. down there is that correct oh yeah yep we had t- we had tv timeouts we had cameras we had sideline interviews going we on we saw the feeds I'm, too those are pretty nice yeah we saw the graphics on some tiny monitors that espn was working on it looked really awesome uh but yeah the 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 tv partners are doing their homework and getting ready themselves i'd say uh television spots and maybe billboards in the in the local markets or something to look forward to over the next two weeks. I'm hoping we've already seen some Fox uh, commercials for the XFL uh, peppered here and there throughout some NFL games. And if you're watching WWE, you see them there as well. I'm looking for ESPN maybe to get some more of that going on over the next two weeks as well, Jake. Yeah, yeah. Fox is uh, where I've seen most of the advertising for this so far. And then, uh, you know, what about final rules tweaks? I don't think we'll get a big deal made of them like we did with, you know, the, the rollout of the rules and the videos and Dean Blandino joining the show, which was awesome. But, Brian, there are a few more official rules announcements or at least uh, measures that need to be taken officially. They don't really need to be announced. They just need to be made clear to the coaches and players. And yeah. then the fans will uh, be made aware of, I'm sure, right before kickoff. But little things like... You know how overtime exactly will look and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I think coaches, players, and referees. Let's let's not forget about them. They're they're everything. Oh, the referees be... need to be in on the loop too because they are enforcing the law. <laughs> so all these people, uh, I, I would just say yes. The rules are going to be some. There's going to be some tweaking. Uh, there's going to be some clarity. Uh, I think there was some understanding, some misunderstanding of some of the rules by coaches, players, uh, referees during the scrimmages that we could see. But, but that's important. I think, Alan, again, the key thing to focus on, to me, at this point, minus the advertising that Jake brought up about from Fox and ESPN, the XFL is where they are. Like, the, the, the runway for, uh, for, for more exposure is really out of their hands, I think, at this point, because they need to focus 
on games. They need to make sure that this is going to be a success on the field because quality of play. And I've talked to many people uh, recently where I'm wearing it because I wear my XFL hat everywhere I go, even to work. I wear it everywhere I go. And people bring this up every single time. The quality of the play is what keeps me. I, I, I was watching the Alliance and then the quality of play turned me off. So I think the it's XFL the quality of the play. The XFL has kind of run out of runway in terms of exposure that they can control themselves. And now it's really just focusing on making sure that they have the, the best possible two games, four games on Sunday, counting, uh, counting, on, counting Sundays uh, th- that first week, because that's how you're going to get those eyeballs to come back. And that falls on the teams, really. The next two weeks is most important for each of the eight teams. The league has done their, their job. They've gotten the stadiums, they've gotten the jerseys, they've gotten the training camp in order, they've signed the players, the coach, they've given the coaches the keys to their teams, they've they've hired their staffs. I mean, everything really is in place. There, it's not like we can sit back and, and just chill. Uh, you know, in terms of the league getting ready for kickoff, there are little things in that office, but the main the main deal here, the next two weeks, the most important deal what's going on in those film rooms and on those practice fields for the quality of the play brian i think yeah you're absolutely right these roster cuts are going to be big and then game planning and also you know understanding how you go out there and execute under the different rules and taking what you learned in those scrimmages we saw and applying them in a real life game the teams have a big two weeks ahead of them and uh, if only we had access to those practices the way we, we did in Houston, Bryant. But I'm not flying all over to each of the eight cities over the next two weeks. I mean, I haven't traveled as much as you, but I'm going to chill until D.C. Uh, Jake, you should have seen this man on Sunday night or last night in Houston before we had to take off on Monday. Uh, he just wanted to curl up into a ball and, and lay in his bed. He was so tired of, of traveling. It was actually kind of sad. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I miss home, I think is what I heard under his breath every so every few seconds when we're trying to get some work done. But you're right, Alan. I'm not I'm, gonna... I'm a big I'm a big wimp too, because like the LA Wildcats haven't been home for like two months. <laughs> uh Alan, you're right. It is it is in the coach's hands. The XFL has given everyone the tools to that they can to be successful. They've given ESPN the access, the, the, even Fox, right? They've given them everything they can to make sure, hey, put on a good product. I don't know what more the XFL can do as a league that they haven't already planned out. But there's nothing spontaneous that's going to come up in these next two weeks. You're just going to have to Unless trust you... what you've put in place, the ideas and the plans that you've put in place leading up to kickoff. Unless you got anything else for the road the next two weeks, Jake, any, anything else besides, oh, I guess maybe you reading the rule book that send you a PDF of the rule book. Maybe they could do that. That's a good last two. Yeah, weeks that's, thing. that's always welcome. We'll try to get that in your hands. And, uh, yeah, that, that's uh, that's it. It's on the teams. I think we can all agree on that for the next two weeks, and we're going to be covering each and every single piece of news that comes out from every single camp. Well, now home facility, now that they're all back home. But training camp, it is over. So as, as someone who was not in Houston, Jake, what was your biggest takeaway then from all the coverage, everything you heard, everything you heard us talk about, regarding training camp what was your biggest takeaway uh, my my favorite thing just you know seeing all the clips uh on twitter and on xfl.com was just that you know minus 
the 20,000 or whatever people that were absent from the stadium, it looked it looked very official. You know, I, I knew it wasn't going to be shirts versus skins out there, but I wasn't expecting to have, you know, full uniforms and everything uh, to have the have the TV crews there. You know, after a touchdown, you see the steady cam guy run in there and get right in the face. So, it you know, it just looked official. It's like we've been saying for uh, almost two years now. It just seems like they're doing everything right. And, uh, you know, why not now for another football league? Brian, what about you? Your biggest takeaway, you were there in Houston. Was it the, that you could referee better than the referees? Was it that uh, you sh- you what? should maybe be a coach a on Winston Moss's staff? Look, I know that you were saying st- you could look. do a lot of the things better than everybody there. Okay, first of all, stop. That's one. Two, uh I, I did put my application in for a get-back coach. I haven't really heard anything, but I'm sure that just got lost in the mail or something. Or it's, it's still waiting for me at home in a letter, I'm sure. I just haven't been there to actually open it. Uh, and in fairness, I've been I cared about this league way longer than these referees have, so I know what rules are supposed to be at this point. <laughs> uh, you know, I have those memorized. But I will say this, based on everything that I've seen, and Alan, I don't know if, if I can speak for you in this, but I'll definitely say it for myself, is I did not expect to see what I saw in Houston. I expected to see practices. I expected to see a couple things. I mean, Jake, I I, I said it earlier, and I'm and, and somewhat joking about how much money it takes to run this, but the amount of people committed to doing this right, I mean, it's it's astonishing. Every single one of these teams is being run. I want to say almost like an NFL staff. There's tons of people out there. This thing is being done. It's it's getting put through the ringer to make sure it's done correctly. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I can take away. From, from training camp is that really going there, going to a game, going to a practice, going to a press conference, going to training camp, that you really just realize that anything could happen in the XFL. And it's going to happen. Just two short weeks here. And speaking for myself, I agree with you, Bryant. I, I, that is well said. I can't, I can't put it any better regarding to the, the people power behind everything going on with the xfl i mean there's just a ton of people trying to get this thing off the ground and done right it's beautiful to see and it's i think comforting as a football fan knowing that this is not happening willy-nilly and you get that peek behind the curtain like we did and you say oh no there's work being done to make sure it's right but as a football fan i do have to say the thing i took away most from houston was, oh my God, this league has the speed necessary to be professional football the way people are used to watching professional football. The speed's there. It is going to be a league full of athletes who are capable of of, of turning on a, a spectacular performance, making an insane play, giving us the kind of football we love. This is really, at the end of it, that's why we're all talking about it for two years leading up to kickoff. It's why we're all focused on... On, on looking up players and researching, uh, you know everything we can about what's going to happen with this league. Why we got into this, and as football fans, and when I went there to Houston, and I watched the scrimmages, I watched the practices, and I watched the players perform, I nodded my head and said, "Yes, that is what there needs to be: speed. There needs to be athleticism. There needs to be capable athletes out there." Doing the things we love as football fans, seeing the tremendous, tremendous uh, feats of, of 
of, of strength from the giant linemen, the, gi- the giant Battlehawks defense. I mean, we're going to see some spectacular things in this league, I think, from the athletes themselves. I think football players are better than ever, ever, when it comes to college football, high school football these days because, well, the technology is advanced. The coaching is advanced. The knowledge is advanced. The data, Jake, we have more data to make better football players out of young kids. And now there's so many of them, there's just not enough room maybe for everybody, even though they're really good in the NFL. And now we have the XFL, and I saw it with my own eyes in Houston. The speed's there. The athleticism's there. We're going to get good football come February. Good football? We're only two weeks away from it. Just good football, Alan? Oh, no. Excuse me. Good crisp football. Good crisp football. And uh, I can't wait two weeks, but now Man, only, what, it's Thursday, so that's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so... In like four days, we're going to be talking about real rosters, like 52-man, whittled-down official rosters. Training camp is over with. Unfortunately, some players won't get to make it, but that is the nature of the beast. But the best part about it is we know who those original 52 are, Jake. I love saying original in front of it. You're (laughs) one of the original XFL fans, Jake. You get to talk about one of the original XFL rosters well all eight of them on monday yeah all eight of them eight by 52 uh monday what what time is that exactly i i think i saw it earlier is it high noon Noon eastern okay 11 central that's nine pacific 52 man rosters will be made official i don't even know what time zone i'm gonna be in at that point hold on let me think I don't know. I'm hoping. I'm yeah. hoping Pacific. I think it's Pacific. Time zone. I don't. I don't know. Poor, we'll see. Do I have? I think I have a. Ba- I wonder if the baby's here home. yet. Let me see. <laughs> yeah. He's got a baby <laughs> on the way. He can't get home. It's like planes, trains, and automobiles. I feel Football. like George Clooney from Up in the Air. I'm not even joking. <laughs> I lived out of a briefcase, well, a carry-on for the last two weeks. You pack it really well. I'll tell you that you did a good job folding. Well, you. you got it. You got it. You, you got to roll. roll. Actually, roll yeah, yeah. is important. Yes, you got to utilize all the space. Utilize it and utilize your roster the way you want it to. So, good luck to these coaches. I don't envy them making these tough decisions. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, but anything left to say, Jake? We've got a uh, just a, a, a few days until that big mile marker, and then not many more mile markers left till kickoff. In DC, uh, I just can't believe next week. Not the next show because we are producing uh, two shows per week now. But next week from this time, we are going to be one week away. Yeah, that's then. Then, then how do I open the show? We gotta. We're gonna have to get a whole new open to the show. It's gonna. Oh, it's just oh, gonna be like oh, shaking, Alan. just like we're changing we're from even, BC to AD. We haven't even talked about the changes that we're thinking about making to this show once kickoff hits. Oh. Jake, stick around, Jake. Jake, oh. you need to stick around. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> okay, you stick around till after the show, buddy. I'm going to share something a little, little something-something with you off air. Uh, Alan, I will say this. Uh, thank you again to everyone who had us out in Houston. It was a pleasure and an honor, really, to be there uh, during that entire time. Uh, if you have any questions, please follow us at XFL Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, don't forget to watch us on YouTube at, at the official XFL YouTube at youtube.com slash XFL. And if you're going to be at the Wildcats 
uh, blog party. Come and say hi. I'll be wearing my XFL show shirt. You'll see me around with a camera guy and a microphone. Let's have some fun. Let's welcome these Wildcats because in reality, and by the way, Jake, thank you. The Wildcats are the best team. Uh, Jake coming in with that uh, Wildcats onesie. I'm not sure I said that. I don't. I don't think he said that yet. Jake's. No, you yet sent to it. No, you pick. sent it. The onesie that you sent to me. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Hey, by the way, which team are you rooting yeah. for? That's no, Jake. We, we got to get out of here. Weeks. Yeah. Got two weeks to make. I don't have all the data. I need to know the fifty-two. <laughs> the one person who probably exactly. cares less about the fifty-two is going to make his decision. It, oh, yeah, but it all factors in. It does. You have Jake. We've Jake, been saying I, it all show yet. You need all the data before you make a decision. Right. I, and then the simulation will tell me yeah, who I was going to say, how are you entering the 52-man rosters into that simulator that I made for eight teams? This is going to be great. I need to It's going to be time-consuming. <laughs> well, there, I might have to farm some of it out. Get an intern. <laughs> oh, my God. There's only two weeks left until kickoff, but there is a lot of work to do. Roster cuts and transactions and oh my who God, knows, yes. a new show open coming down the line i've got to reimagine i, I i'm going to tell you that show open is going to be a reimagined bryant for the love of football i know i know that's what we'll be going that's the direction we'll be going in when we do that and i know that we'll be doing it two times a week tuesdays in the morning thursday's night thursday nights just like tonight and you can look forward to that feed blowing up all season long, baby. And, of course, you can find us on XFL.com. Leave us a voicemail, 724-565-4XFL, if you like, on the XFL fan line. And make sure you tell your friends the XFL is coming. It's going to be good. It's going to be crisp. It's going to be football after the Super Bowl ends. What? Yeah, football continues. On February 8th, and we are just counting down the minutes as we have been for two years with two weeks remaining. We will see you on Tuesday morning for Bryant, for Jake. I'm Alan. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.